everyone, and welcome to episode two of Get a Grip. Today's a really special episode. We have JTCC alum and um, current ATP pro Francis Tiafo here to talk with us a little bit about tennis as an individual sport and tennis moving towards more of a team-oriented sport um, and kind of the differences and the pros and cons. We're also going to play a really fun game. Uh, Vesa has come up with a few tennis history questions to uh, test Francis's knowledge. And then I have gone through Francis's Instagram and pulled some of the interesting and popular hashtags that he uses pretty commonly. And we're going to test Vesa's knowledge on just pop culture and what Francis's hashtags actually mean. And then later on, we will be hearing from um, current Stanford head coach and former ATP pro Paul Goldstein. And he will be speaking in our in or out segment about uh, the character in sport. So let's get started. We got Francis Tiafo here, a JTC alumni, ATP top player, you know, top 30 last year, Australian Open quarterfinalist. And we are going to check out how much Francis knows about the tennis history. And, you know, Nicole, you're going to ask some questions. Mm-hmm. And then I think that you guys have something fun to show everybody how ignorant I am about uh, pop culture or something culture. like that. Okay, yeah, so let's get started with um, the game. Francis, um, do you know who the two most successful Fed Cup and Davis Cup teams in history were, or are? Uh, I mean, obviously America, and I want to say Sweden, maybe. Sweden actually had a great in the 1980s. They won three (laughs) Davis Cups, but uh, the most successful actually in the men's is, you got the USA right, and then Australia. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, you know in a, actually, from Tony 1950 to 1967, in 17 years, they won 15 out of the 17 years with Harry Hoffman mm-hmm. and all those guys. How about the ladies? The Fed Cup. The two most successful teams. Oh, man. Um, well, I want to say America again. Sure. <laughs> um, the safety. And, and then, let's uh, go Russia. <laughs> I think that's not bad. I think that it's a tie between, again, Australia and Czech Republic. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Both are tight. Okay. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> okay, next question. Top five men and top five women Grand Slam singles winners. That currently mm-hmm. top five. So the men, who are the most, and oh, they go down, top okay. five. Okay, okay, okay. I right, saw so, right, Raj. How many? 20. Okay. Rafa 19, Alex 17, Sampras 14, Good. and then Bjorn Borg 11. Excellent answer, but you got the last one wrong. Oh. It's actually Borg got 11, you got right, but actually Roy Emerson had 12. 12, he did. Yeah, we got it. God, dude. <laughs> he did. Oh, man. That and hurt. how about the women? I was so confident about that. Um, Margaret Court, 1, 24. 24. Serena, 23. Uh, Steffi, 22. Nice. Chris Everett, 18. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> you are joking now. The uh, last I'm joking. I noticed. I know. I noticed. Uh, I, I can't think of the last one. Martina Navratilova. How many singles? 18. 18. He meant her Tied 18, yeah. yeah. Okay. You just okay. choked the last one. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I'm impressed. You, you, you did it? No, sure. Zach's impressed. <laughs> yeah. no. Name the player who's won an NCAA singles title and a Grand Slam singles title. That's, we will see how good you are because this is pretty fascinating. Macaron? 
That's right. He's the, oh, the last yeah. one. That's right. He played for Stanford so and then won. Yeah. Okay, how about then? There are a few more. A few more? Yeah. Big, big <laughs> names in tennis. Really uh, big names. I mean, in that time... In the early 70s and 60s. Who is the greatest African-American tennis player in the history of the country? Yeah, I just went to school. Yeah, Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe, yeah. school, yeah, that's right. Um, Althea Gibson. Did he win it? He didn't win it. Did he win it? Oh, she didn't go to school, no. But there are two guys still. Who is the greatest competitor in the history of the game? The crazy guy. Oh, uh, Jim, uh, Jimmy Connors. Jimmy Connors went to UCLA and then uh, won. And then uh, one more. Who is the gentleman of the, our sport in the 60s and 70s? Stan Smith. So Where did he Ar go? Huh? Where did he UCLA. Go? Really? Yeah, so Arthur Ashe, Stan Smith, Jimmy Connors, and then John McEnroe. Not bad. I mean, that, not That's bad. Pretty that good. was really difficult. All so, right, now there's some, some kind of like tennis terms. And I like these ones because in few seconds I'm going to be made yeah, fun of. Yeah, and you don't of. really so know any of these what, other uh, what ones. Our friend Francis is going to know about this stuff. So, Francis, what is a golden set? In the history of the game, what does it mean? You don't win a point in a set. Like you win a set, you win 24 points. Exactly. Yeah. Could you bonus question? Do you know who was the last one to to win a, in a ATP tour? I want, to, I want to say maybe tell me tanks against someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a good one. <laughs> that's good. There was actually in 1980s, there was actually a U.S. player called Bill Scanlon. I think it was like 81 who actually won in a, in a, in a high-level proton and won a golden set. I'm not and the sure. guy was trying. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Won golden set. But then I think that Stefan Ehrberg won it too, but I'm not 100% sure about it. But okay, you got a golden set. What about a golden slam? Is that the all four one here? Golden slam. Or is that when you win all four, like in your, in your career? Okay, nope. Come on, concentrate. You need to know that. I, th I thought when you go from Aussie to, to US, you win Aussie. No, Paris. that's a slam. That's a grand slam. But golden grand slam. What is a golden grand slam? It's not when you and Ozzy Paris win the U.S. Open. Is it without no, dropping a set? Huh? Is it without dropping a set? No. And who was the player who won the Golden Slam? 1988. Is that when you do it twice? Nope. I guess, look... Um, you have to jump in. You have to tell him. Okay, them. it's uh, actually Steffi Kraft who won all, all slams in the calendar year and Olympic gold medal. Same year. Oh. That's a Golden Slam. And she's the only one who has ever won it. Serena has been close, but no. But so you win calendar year Grand Slam, and the same year you win uh, Olympic, Olympic gold medal. Okay. okay. Oh, All right. Here we go. Francis, do you know who the Rocket is? Absolutely no idea. Really? What the Rocket is? I've never. Gosh, that, is so that, that is embarrassing. When I was looking at that, that's the only thing I was like, I don't know what that is. You just came from Australia, man. Even who, I know that. Who's the Rocket? It's Rod Laver. Rod Laver. Yeah. They call it that? Oh yeah, he's the yes. rocket. Because he was so fast. That's crazy. Okay. Francis, even I knew that. All right. Uh, do you uh, know who Little Mo is? I know the event. I actually don't know what, who Little Mo is. Oh my god. <laughs> I would say I know, I would, That's close. So, yeah. so, uh, so you do you know where it, Little Mo came from? The event, how it started? Yeah. Little Mo is actually Maureen Connolly, who was really short, like 5'2", and she was the first female tennis player in 1954 who won the real Grand Slam. You know, 1950, she won the Grand Slam, calendar year Grand Slam, and uh, then the tournament 
was named after her, and because she was so small, so then they called it Little Mo. So you got to almost right. That's crazy. And <laughs> last one for free. Who the hell is the Iceman? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the Iceman? <laughs> Iceman. Also <laughs> known as an Iceman because it was so calm and cool under the pressure. One of the greatest. That's Bjorn Borg. That's Bjorn Borg. Exactly. Okay. They say that the ice was going through her, his uh, veins. So he was an Iceman. That's good. All right. There was also Iceman, just to show off how much I know about pop culture, there's also Iceman in a Top Gun movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, All right, this is Francis, this, the next few things, these, these words or phrases, whatever, hashtags, came straight off of your Instagram. So we're going to see if Vesa knows what any of them mean. And first, I'm going to ask, um, do you know what a hashtag is? I have seen one, but I don't know, really know what it, it is. What, what have you seen? I mean, some, <laughs> something in the, you, when you, I don't know. Uh, so a hashtag is, you know, what you would use in Instagram yeah. to, what, like, generate, I guess, some views on your, on your post, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so it's the pound sign. Um, and then, and then, and then you write something. So Francis writes some interesting things on his Instagram. Um, Francis, I'm going to let you ask Vasa what these terms mean since they came from All your right, Instagram. Vasa, do, you, do you know what DMV mentality means? DMV mentality. Okay. I have no idea, but I'm going to guess DMV is an awful place to go because you have to wait so much and, oh, and it's no, frustrating. No. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to but be logical. It's, yeah. it's the um, it's DCU, Maryland, Virginia. Oh. And so, okay. yeah, like it's, what is that mentality? Is it something special? That means it's like, uh, yeah, like Loki, he's hardworking. Um, okay. he was going so on all of his policies, hashtag DMV mentality. Okay. I wasn't even close. All right, next one. This shows up on every Instagram post. That <laughs> what is that? Uh, big trust. <laughs> trust? Yeah, big trust. It's not trust. It's trust. It's trust. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> Sometimes know, there's extra I'm eyes. Big foe. Yeah. <laughs> trust. That, is that, that your nickname to your your twin brother Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> That that actually came me. That came from a, a football player, American football player. Him and his team, they say it all the time, and I thought it was hilarious. What? But what does it mean? I actually, honestly don't even know. Like they kind of just all say it to each other. I guess it's like he trusts within the team. Trust within the team. Okay. Yeah. Next, next is my G. <laughs> what does it mean when you refer to someone as my G? No, that's easy. It has to be my girl or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it right? It's just like my guy. Like my guy. Like, oh, my girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Next I, one I, I said my, my uh, girl and you say my guy. <laughs> the next one is a pretty, a, a pretty frequent one in your Instagram yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Godspeed. That has to mean like good luck or be well or something like that. Yeah, I mean, pretty, okay. it's, it, I like you not terrible. It's pretty much like, yeah, obviously, friends with, you know, yeah, Christian. Because that's what, in a, in a, you know, the sailors used to say when they were sailing to the end of the world that they'll cut speed. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm one out of the ten now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much in his hands, like, okay. yeah. All right, happen, let me ask you this one. Do you know what, like, what is a vibe? Vibe means it's like a feeling or atmosphere or something like that. And then something that you've put in your Instagram before is hashtag, you know, the vibe. Yeah. So 
Do you know the vibe? I know that uh, Franklin <laughs> used to sing, uh, do you have a feeling or something? <laughs> what does it mean, Oh man, like, we're pretty much be like out there like doing something and it's just like everyone's having a good time and we're pretty much letting everybody know. Oh, okay, so good. Good time, okay. so like, you guys know the vibe, you know what we're up to pretty much. Yeah, I'm, good vibes. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm in. in. Um, All right, the next I've, one. I've been having a good wipe now. Yeah. Yes, this is a good vibe. <laughs> the next one comes up a lot too, and I I don't know what it means. So, Vesa, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 do you know what it's gonna be a movie means? It's gonna be a movie. <laughs> no idea. It's gonna be a movie. Is it going to be something special or something? I don't know. Exactly. Okay. It's going to be a good time. Like, you're oh, excited really? for it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, good time. I'm, I'm pretty hop or hop people. What <laughs> is it? Hip. <laughs> I should just shut up. <laughs> the, right, ne cool. the next one's pretty good. Yeah. This next one, you know what everybody eats me. <laughs> you go to buffet. <laughs> you go to buffet in, in, in uh, grasslands. <laughs> Pretty much what it means is like, when I win, everybody wins. So oh, every, okay. everybody oh no, that eats. makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, eat, yeah eat, you know what eat food means? Eat food? <laughs> I know what it means. I'm a big fan of food and I eat, but I have no idea now what it means. You're yeah, confusing yeah, me. It pretty much is like, you get high, like, you're hungry, like, you want more, like, you eat food. Stay like, hungry. Stay hungry. Oh, yeah. stay hungry. Yeah. Drip yeah. too hard. <laughs> What? What does it mean? <laughs> it's a it's a rap song. It's pretty much like what you're wearing. If oh, you're really? wearing something nice, you you would say, yeah, I got I got nice. How, drip how do you right say now. it? Drip, drip too hard. Like got me some drip. Yeah, I got me some drip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what you would say. Yeah, I got me some drip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also one of my actually. Uh, what about this one, Francis? Can you say that the way you would say uh, it? To this day, boy. What does it mean? <laughs> Uh, Today's the day. <laughs> I'm going to win a big match. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I have no idea. That yeah, came from like one, one, one boxer. Um, okay. And the way he said it, was, it came a meme on Instagram, so it was really Don't fun. Don't play wild. Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, last one. Last one. When the kids pull up. When the kids pull up. <laughs> Alright, let's give you a little hint because you were actually close. When you were trying to guess what Big Trust was, and you mentioned Francis's brother, Franklin. Oh, kids pull up. So what do you think? When when the Franklin pulls up. Well, when <laughs> when the twins, right? Yeah, like exactly. when the, yeah, yeah, like, the faux brothers. <laughs> oh, the okay. Exactly. Is that so showing like, up or? Yeah, like literally. Yeah, that's what I mean. With Franklin, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think that what we established here, we give him maybe a. B for Francis for the tennis history. Francis did a lot better than you did. Oh, he, he did? But, okay, okay. Francis, you, you agree that this is like stuff that you put on most of your Instagram Almost posts. every post. Almost yeah. every this post. Is and, and the people read it and they, they know what you mean? Yes. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's for, yeah. Okay. It's hilarious. Yes. That's, how little I, that's how little I know. But let's get serious about it. Let's talk a little bit about you now know, that I we've have, established the generational differences. There are two different generations. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the history of the game and the tradition. I'm really big on that one. You have been on the tour now, and maybe you have noticed that a lot of team events are starting to pop up. 
I'm hearing talks that ITF and ATP want to kind of move a little bit more into the team concept. I don't know, because of the TV or new generation or whatever it is. Tell, tell a little bit, you know, you have played a Labor Cup, you have played team tennis and you have played Davis Cup. I mean, what is your take on it? You know, and, and what, what is your take on And is that true? Is the, is the tour kind of moving a little bit more to the, to the team concept? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously... For obviously for the TVs and for the fans, right? Because you know, they're we go into ATP media or sorry ATP meetings before the Grand Slams, and they say, how do we get younger people to to stay tuned and follow tennis throughout, um, um you know, a match or through the year? Yeah. Um, say average age is like right now currently the average age is like you know later 60s. How can we get you know younger guys to play? Because obviously you want more and more people to play the game, and they see how Labor Cup did, but I but again you argue. You get Federer but, but, is, you get, but is the Labor Cup real? I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pe people are trying because there's so much freaking money on the line. No, the, exactly. I know the money, but like, but like but it's like, right after the US right after Open. Right I mean, the US Open. is it just that money gets you guys going, or is it because he has no tradition? Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, then, but then you get so lost in the atmosphere because you want right. everybody to win, and then like you kind of get lost in. It. Obviously, um, you know, Davis Cup obviously means way more, right? But like, yeah. like about the Labor Cup, you know. And I enjoy watching it, but I cannot take it seriously when I look at like the captains, you know, like, you know, McEnroe is McEnroe, yeah. but then Borg is just sitting there. Yeah, it's a way. <laughs> he just sits. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like, looks like, you know, Rafa and Federer are kind of who are running with it. Yeah, yeah. But what happens when those guys well, are done? Well, well, that, that's the whole thing. Are they going to be a new captain? Or uh, well, that's the thing. Uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do, but that, that that's pretty much what it is. And, I mean, honestly, personally, I'm I'm like half and half with it. You know, I I like just the regular events, but I also like these team events. I think they're good to have sometimes. I don't think, I think they're adding a little too many. Like I wasn't a fan of ATP Cup at the time. You know, I was the third guy out, and I can't play. Okay, so and you so, have a then, personal stake. Yeah, and then you have, and then you have. Was there good money in it? Or yeah, there was good money, good but then money. you have guys that are like, just just like for example, Grigor, is from Bulgaria, and yeah. then the next guy is like 400. Yeah. He's playing and he has a chance to get all these points and then I gotta yeah, so that so that's do that, the that fans nice. like that? I mean like the guy is there four hundred or whatever. I mean, does it you know, if ATP and ITF say that hey we do it because the fans like it, but who's going to get behind a guy who is three, four hundred and he's not playing at home side? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it doesn't that, make sense to me. Yeah, that's the thing. I w I wasn't uh, that's the thing. I wasn't really a fan of ATP Cup. I I mean I like Labor Cup and then Davis Cup. I mean, I think they're just trying to do something new. I mean, I mean, I I like it, but I mean, it's got to make sense for everybody. But like like yeah. Davis Cup. I mean, you played that big uh, match against Courage. Yeah. You know that was there's that's no there's no feeling like that. Yeah, that's no that's like fantastic. That. Yeah. But now you know they changed the Davis Cup, and they had the first one now in November or whatever. Mm -hmm. and they are trying to do it like a soccer World Cup. Mm -hmm. So was it eighteen teams went to Spain? But then it's like yeah. And but. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. Other than other than Rafa. So I mean, it's like, who's mm -hmm. going to watch? I love tennis, but I'm not going to watch Belgium against Colombia. I'm not doing that. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, and nobody's doing it. And you played in Spain, Indoors, and nobody's watching. At the end of the season, you got you know. got great players playing at 5 a.m. and nobody's watching. Nobody's yeah. watching. Right. I mean, I know that um, yeah. is that Barcelona soccer player Piquet. You know, his business group called Cosmos or whatever, yeah, yeah, I yeah. heard that they paid $3 billion for 25 years for the rights for the Davis Cup. 
So they are planning to have it now for the next 25 years like this. And they want to build like a soccer World Cup thing. I'm not sure if it's going to fly or not. But $3 billion to ITF, that's not bad. I mean, they're going to take but 25 years. And they will take it every day. Yeah. But I think the beauty of the Davis Cup is that when you are home or away and you have a crowd going crazy. Yeah, you got to get it done. But now, you know, you know, you are in Spain and then Belgium plays against Colombia. I mean, there are seven people watching. I mean, it's just <laughs> David Goffin is 10 in the world. Yeah. Like, and, 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 but I don't know. It just feels, I, it doesn't feel right. And you guys are telling me, I mean, you are always telling me that it's much more fun to watch a team competition, Nicole. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I want to see some good competition. Yeah, and and and, de and definitely. But like the team events, obviously you have you know you, you see people's true personality. You see yeah. everybody in a different element. And I think that that attracts younger people, right? But yeah. then they obviously, but then when you see like when you see the Australian Open final with team and you know Novak is going head to head like you know, every, I think both people, young people and older people like that like to see that. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of concrete. But ultimately, it's TVs and money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I, I I get it. I, I just hope that they leave, they will leave Grand Slams alone. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, don't think, I don't think they're Everything Grand else, you know, hey, they want to... It just feels like exhibition wipe, yeah. you know, yeah. going Why? back to the... It's like exhibition wipe. <laughs> I don't know. Could you tell a little bit, um, what is the week look like when you play a Davis Cup? You know, you know, guys go in on Monday. Yeah, so, yeah. So tell a little bit about how yeah, it looks. Yeah, uh, Davis Cup, well, I mean... I'll tell you about like the real Davis Cup because yeah. I played yeah. in, in, yeah. in Croatia. It was, it was pretty cool. We, we all we all arrived Monday. We don't play till Friday. U.S. guys, they have like we have like security and all those other stuff. You have so many guys, you know, from like massage guys to screens to doctors. To you can really feel like a team atmosphere and everybody's so invested. Um, everyone's there for each other. Everybody like you know pushing each other on the practices. And then it starts getting interesting. As it starts getting like Wednesday, Thursday, you see guys starting to like. You know, feel the pressure of like you know we're about to play, and obviously we're, we're not we're not home, and um, and then when the day of, I mean I, I was I was I don't really get like that nervous for match, but before that that match playing Chillax, I was I remember I was like palm sweating, I was definitely not not in my element. But yeah, I, I think I think it's such a, such a great atmosphere, and, and then but playing that fifth rubber. And having the crowd against me and it absolutely just having a war. You, I mean, were, I, you were up two one or something. I was right? up to just the one. And that that yeah. was a good quality. And yeah. it was on red clay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that was a, that, that was an absolute war. Yeah. Who was the captain, Jim? Jim Curry. Jim Curry. Yeah, Jim Curry. And, that, and he told us that was his last one, so we were trying to get it done for him. And uh, but yeah, I mean that was that was unbelievable. Sam Sam beating Shoes when he had an zero and seven record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on clay, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> So, I mean, I wasn't even really thinking I'm playing the fifth rubber. Yeah. Not that it was born. Like, he came in in, like, casual shoes and <laughs> casual shirt. <laughs> like, he thought it was done. Like, he had to go to the hotel and everything. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that, that's the experience I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. And I think, I mean, I would love to keep it that way. Yeah. I mean, even, I, I didn't play in, in Madrid, but just just seeing that, I was like, these guys haven't had a real day. I, and I couldn't yeah. even, I couldn't even find it on TV. No, like, I, I, mean, he, I mean, he's trying to follow. I, mean, I couldn't even find it, and it's yeah. a freaking Davis Cup yeah. finals. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous that they are going to ruin a great tradition that has been in in a, in a Davis Cup. So, but you know, I mean, maybe. Well, they well, what do you think? Because me and him talked to Boris Becker, and Boris Becker was saying they should make it. Every, what is he saying? Every two years? Indian Wells. What Indian Wells? He said Indian Wells is the perfect venue, um, that time of the year, perfect weather. It's got enough court space, 
courts are permanent, they're not temporary. Mm. Um, yeah, he said there's enough space, there's enough going on there, it's perfect, you know. And the people would come and watch. They would come and watch for yeah. sure. Okay, that's not a bad idea. For sure. Because the problem is that obviously there is no old Davis Cup for obviously yeah. what PK just did. So, yeah. I mean, when you take that out of consideration, then, I mean, I, I, that was pretty yeah. good from Boris saying that. Okay. How about, uh, you know, you have been in the pressure situations, you know, the fifth rapper in a Davis Cup. That's huge. Yeah. Last last match for captain Jim Courier. How about, how does it feel, let's say, that then you play the Nadal in the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam? You were playing for yourself and for your team and all that stuff, but how does it feel? How does it feel pressure-wise and how, how do you feel personally when you play the Grand Slam for yourself and then you play a fifth rapper for the for country? The I was m way more nervous playing Borna. Way more nervous. Cause it, really? Yeah, because yeah. uh, play, I mean, playing Rafa at the end of the day, like, I can set the tournament of my life. Yeah. So even Rafa goes and chops me up. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> like, but 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 I'm the fifth rubber and I'm like I can I know I can beat Borner, right? Yeah. Like I know. Yeah. I know I can beat him. So um, and he's getting tight. You, you can you can smell it. I'm up two sets yeah. to one. Yeah. You know I know I can play good on clay. You know and the and the crowd like shutting the crowd up was the best feeling in the world. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. like I mean, so and and everybody's going crazy on the sideline. They're banging the side like yeah. you know and we and we take this to November. And and I did it, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's that's way bigger. Yeah. But then obviously, you know, playing and going going and playing Rafa, it, it was different. Obviously, you're nervous. Obviously, yeah. you're playing Rafa. But yeah, at the end of the day, I knew it was just me, my family, my yeah. you know, coaches, and whatever. Do you do you like now as a full time pro and very successful? Do you like the combination of some team events and then of course the traditional uh, single events? So. Where are you at the moment? You know, look at the future. Let's say five or ten years from now. Surely you are still playing. Hopefully you will be one of the top players in the world that time. When Rafa and Federer, when they walk away, what do you think? What is going to happen to this thing? Are we going to have even more team stuff, or what? What is your gut feeling? I mean, I want to like keep put some in there, but keep keep it pretty traditional. Because I mean, I I played the game of tennis for the one on one. Like I'm personally like I love. Knowing that it gives me out there, like I like I like, I yeah. like that. I love the team events; it's great. It's fun to do every once in a while. You know, I love other team sports, whatever. But you know, I love knowing that I I broke somebody down. Like I yeah. like I did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, get that uh, yeah, yeah, satisfaction. Like that, that 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 personal satisfaction. Like I walk off the court, like there was no subins, there was no oh, like yeah, you know, I lost, but he won, and I, now we're in, like yeah. you know, I I did that. Like for example, like and that was that's the thing when I made court of Australia. Like you know, you walk away from that, you're like wow, like I I did that. I was here for ten days and. I, I'm so tired right now, but <laughs> I, you know I did that. So I think and I think that's the beauty of tennis. You know, yeah. I mean everything you achieve, you achieve, and nobody else achieves it for you. Nobody else helps you. How about you, Nicole? You know, you always keep on telling how you like it for those reasons that Francis was talking about. That it's team events. There's more action. That you see interaction of the stuff. I mean that you know you seem to be pretty strong about <clears throat> your opinions. Well, I think that tennis trying to keep up with the more modern world of sports like moving towards a team oriented aspect would definitely engage the younger crowd because i think that fans tend to identify with teams and you know when the olympics come around it's always like country pride and team usa pride so like having team aspects in tennis i think it's easier for maybe not the biggest tennis fan ever to identify with with the, with the team who play for the team with yeah. the yeah and then like maybe that leads into like if somebody was following team usa 
at this previous Fed Cup, and you know then they decide to follow like Sophia Cannon after that because she played for the team and then she just won Australian Open. Like something, I think it just is a chain effect and it would like lead into piquing their interest in tennis as an individual sport as well. But I'm, fans I'm... tend to identify with with teams. And so to bring in that younger crowd and get them interested in tennis. Well, that's the thing. That's, like, yeah, that's like how, how otherwise and being a massive tennis fan being around how are we going to get, you know, more people to play the game of tennis? Yeah. Exactly. And, and you guys think and, that the team is the answer? Yeah, and I mean, you know, looking at college, like college teen tennis, that's that's how it's set up. And but it's not like not too many people are watching college tennis. I yeah. mean, you know, I made that again. The yeah. camp people at the campus maybe, but I I I have heard that argument too. But um, like college tennis, I'm not sure if it's a great example because I love the game of tennis, but for many reasons, I have up troubles to watch the college matches because the the rules and everything yeah, yeah. but i'm so not the sure rules are different they, yeah they are they are that's another episode we have to go through about <laughs> the college rules they, they well i think to too just a team team sports you know that you win and lose as a team and it is more of just like you have the support from your teammates and and you have that backing and you just there's a, a team mentality yeah. there and i'm i mean i don't know francis i'm interested in in your opinion but like do you feel like when you're playing these team events that you're playing for something bigger than yourself because you're you kind of have a, a team behind you that yeah. you're yeah yeah i mean definitely i mean definitely but yeah like for davis cup i mean i was i don't think i've ever competed that hard yeah. like you know you you feel like cause you think about the whole country usa you think yeah like you're representing you just... so okay so this is a tough question and then be brutally honest in a sense okay we all get davis cup that's there's mm-hmm. a hundred-year tradition. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You feel the tradition. Yeah. And then, but then, let's say we have this ATP Cup or Labor it's Cup. Brand yeah. new, yeah. I mean, it just feels like exhibition yeah. tennis. Like, yeah. For me, for me, obviously, we're all trying so hard, and we we all we want to win, and you know, because we also also for us, you know, we're trying extra hard because you know, Team World beating Team Europe is, is should never happen, and we're always and it's always tight. So obviously, we we want to prove that we can beat these guys, right? But 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 don't they don't they get this? select the players and stuff that it stays tight tight I and mean, it's yeah, almost exactly. like i hate to say it but it's almost like pro wrestling yeah, exactly. it's just like like yeah it's action it's this and that you see the good names but i just wonder the next day you know i mean the players you know they you know they got like you said earlier money is really good i'm sure it's exciting to play that moment but i don't know if if you win or lose i don't know if you have a high afterwards anymore yeah. yeah, but do you think that the younger generation will appreciate tennis as a team-oriented sport more? Well, to me, it's like, I mean... Like your friends, yeah. your guys' friends. You both are 100 years younger than I am. <laughs> I mean, your friends, would they follow tennis because it's a team thing? Or is that the yeah, difference I mean, just, maker? Yeah, because, I mean, kids kids love that. I mean, think about, especially yeah. especially Americans. I'm like, forget yeah. about, like, Europeans, especially Americans. I mean, think about... Basketball, football, all all these things that you're so attracted to because it, it's a team, and so see, seeing tennis as a team thing, okay, wow, that's new, that's weird. Yeah. Okay, maybe I can play tennis, but maybe you know, by the time I'm coming up, I mean, God knows where, where tennis is gonna go in ten years, fifteen yeah. years. So like, you know, maybe that's is is interesting to them and something new because because they're also, I mean, you know, obviously tennis in outside of America is massive, right? Yeah, it's uh, not basically number two sport all over the world. Yeah. yeah. Except except yeah, the states, but exactly. then, but they're really trying to get it. 
like bigger in the states because obviously when you know it was big in the states when we had. It would, you know what? Why don't you call it win a crash? Win a crash. Because that would help. I know, that would definitely help. Call that win a freaking crash. <laughs> 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 the last U.S. guy was 2003, yeah, Andy Roddick. Yeah, so. so, you know, then we can talk. Yeah, we can you know, talk let's yeah. see what happens. Exactly. So, yeah. why don't you go? You know, <laughs> first of all, thanks for coming, but just, you know, why don't you go and win a singles crash land yeah. and then a Davis Cup for the USA and then we talk again? Yeah. Okay? Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, Francis, I had a really great vibe. Vibe? You know, I had a good vibe today, so let's, uh, you know, thanks for coming. Everybody, everybody eats. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. In our next segment, uh, In or Out, we will focus on character development and integrity in tennis. I cannot think about the better person to talk about it. Um, Stanford's um, tennis men's head coach, Paul Colstein, uh, is exactly the right person to talk about it. I have known Paul since he, since he was 12 years old and his family. Uh, Paul had a great junior career, three Kalamazoo titles, four NCAA team championships with Stanford and then top 60 ATP players. So fantastic tennis career. And here it is. My name is Paul Goldstein. Uh, I'm currently coaching the men's tennis program at Stanford University, which also happens to be my alma mater. Very special for me to have the opportunity to come back and coach at a place that means so much to me uh, here at Stanford. You asked me a great question. You asked me how I define character in sports. It's a wonderful question. I think when you ask that question, two people come to mind. The first is my father, who was not necessarily a tennis player, but was an athlete and a very highly moral and ethical man. And he had four rules for me every time I stepped on the court from the time I was 10 years old and I was playing my first tennis tournament ever. He said, Paul, I want you to have fun, be a gentleman, don't beat yourself, make your opponent beat you, and think. And so those four rules may seem pretty simple, but man... Did they stay with me? And through the time, for the next 20 years, the time I was 31 years old, completing a, a career in professional tennis, my dad kept uh, repeating those same rules for me. Whether I was playing stadium court at the U.S. Open against Pete Sampras or first round in the Maryland State Championships at Aspen Hill Club when I was 9 or 10 years old, those are the rules. So I think that's, that, that comes to mind when I think about defining character and sport. I also think about Coach Dick Gould, who I had the privilege to play for here at Stanford. He was the head coach at Stanford University for 38 years, won 17 national championships. Not only did he have success in terms of wins and losses, but he valued integrity. He valued the proper spirit of competition. He valued doing it the right way. And because of that, because of his relentless pursuit and practice of doing it the right way, you cannot meet a person in the tennis community who does not have respect for Coach Gould and the way he went about his business. And so I have a tremendous amount of admiration for him and the way he went about competing, not only at a high elite level, but with integrity and with class and a commitment to doing it the right way. I also think about Dr. Jim Lair who is a wonderful sports psychologist, a wonderful man, and wrote a book called The Only Way to Win. And in that book, he talks about mission statements, personal mission statements. He talks about how one wants to be remembered. And it has nothing to do with whether or not you win Wimbledon, but how you want to be remembered in terms of the, who you are, what kind of person you are, what kind of integrity you are, have, what kind of ethics you have. And 
It's a very powerful book. One of my first years as coach, I had read it, and I wrote a personal mission statement, shared it with my team, and asked each of them to write that mission statement as well. None of it has to do with wins and losses, but how you conduct yourself. I think about some of my own personal experiences, which I could share. And to me, one of the great experiences and an example of what I think is the proper spirit of competition was my senior year at Stanford. Uh, We were playing... In the NCAA team championship final, we were playing against the University of Georgia at the University of Georgia. We finish our warm-up. There's three doubles matches that are getting ready to play simultaneously to kick off the match. My court happened to be the first to warm-up. Excuse me, the the first to complete warm-up. And so I was getting ready to serve the very first ball of the match, the NCAA team championship match. There are 5,000 fans there. 30 of them were rooting for Stanford. The other 47... Excuse me, 4,970 were rooting for the University of Georgia. And before I, I'm bouncing the ball to serve the first ball, uh, serve the match, and before I get a chance to do it, I'm telling you, 5,000 people are barking at me. The Georgia Bulldogs, they're barking. And it was an awesome environment. And we eventually go on and play that match. And during the course of that match, the, team, the, the fans, rightly so, are rooting hard for the University of Georgia. Sometimes, you know, trying to get me distracted. But fortunately for us, our team competed well. We can, I believe we competed with integrity. We ended up winning that match. In a very, it was a very competitive match, but we ended up winning that team match. That evening as a team, we had dinner celebrated, but we met up with our friends, and I use that word deliberately, friends from the University of Georgia, who we were just competing against. Between the lines, doing everything we could, fighting, scratching, everything we could to try to win. Nothing, there's nothing about doing it the right way that isn't also being competitive. I think part of being doing it the right way is being competitive, doing everything you can to win within the rules and with integrity. And we did that, we were able to come out with a win. But we met up with our friends that same night, and those same fans, not only did we meet up with the team members, but the same fans from the University of Georgia who were cheering against us throughout the course of that match, the same ones patting me on the back and my teammates on the back saying, hey, congrats, love the way you guys competed, love the way you guys fought, ton of respect for you, congrats on the title. To me, that's the proper spirit of competition. They wanted their Bulldogs to win, rooting as hard as they could for those guys. We put our heads down, let our rackets do the talking, and afterwards we were able to break bread together, have a meal together, and share that moment together. And so that's, man, I'm sitting here... I hate to say it, but 43 years old, 22 plus years or so after that experience. And that's what I remember. One of the fondest memories from my tennis life, from my tennis experience. And I think it has a lot to do with character and sport. Okay, that was a great piece from Paul Goldstein. Um, That's a wrap on episode two of Get a Grip. So thank you so much to Francis for being here and talking with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Get a Grip podcast to be notified when a new episode is up. And you can follow JTCC on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. See you guys next time.